Well, everybody glad to be here tonight? God is good. Really good. Um, I have the continuation of our message last week that I'm going to finish tonight. And I have something that at the end of this message tonight that is very important and very important that you get what I'm going to say to you tonight. Um, The title of my message is, You Are Who God Says You Are. That's who you are. Whether you know it or not, you are who God says you are because He made you and He created you. Last week we looked out of, in, in the scripture, out of, out of uh, Genesis chapter 1, and in verse 26 of Genesis 1, says that we were created in the image of God. We were created in His image, and after His likeness. So if we were created in the image and the likeness of God, then in, in the image of who He is, is who we are. And, and, and we have to see that, and we have to begin to take ownership of that. And on your journey, your journey in life, there's all kinds of different turns and potholes and stuff that you face and things that come your way all through your journey in life. But you have to remember who He says you are. That's why... That's why we talk a lot here at Gates about the importance of you in some form or fashion confessing and speaking what God says about you from His Word. Greater is He that is in me than he that's in the world. God said that about you, and that's the way it is. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God said that about you, and that's the way it is. Now, whether you believe that or not, or embrace that, or take ownership of that or not, will determine whether it works on your behalf. But I'm telling you, you are who God says you are. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says, We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You were created for something good. That's, who, that's what God said about you, and, he, and if He said it about you, that's the way it is. You are who God says you are. And you and I were created for something good, not for something bad. He didn't make a mistake. He didn't create somebody to create bad, He created you to create good, but we have to take ownership of that and we have to believe it in our lives. Now last week we talked about some things that form the image of who we are through the years. We talked about that you know, parents can form stuff, their words or their examples. Um, everybody's had a school teacher through the years. If you're a school teacher, you know, God bless you that you... <clears throat> 
have to deal with everybody's kids and all, all that kind of stuff, you know. But somewhere down the road, there, a school teacher's probably said something to you about you, you know, and hurt you or hurt your feelings or whatever. Somebody in some place of authority, somebody in the church has hurt you or said something that was against you. There's been social issues that have formed the way that we think. And I'm telling you that you are who God says you are, not what everybody else says. And along the way, we have to stop the bleeding when who others have said we are is affecting us in a negative way. We've got to stop it. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind so that your life can prove what the will of God is. That your life can prove that you really are who He says you are and that you really can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And, and, and if God is for you, then who can be against you? What's the answer to that? Nobody if you believe it. Everybody if you don't. Everybody will come along. Somebody will say something to you and it just wounds you. Somebody can look at you the wrong way and you, you feel like you want to crawl under a chair. So somebody, you know, somebody can call you on the phone and they can have, they, they can have, I, I talked to somebody on the phone today, a good friend of mine, and as I was talking to him on the phone, he sounded really grouchy. You know, and I'm, and, and, and the first thought that came to my mind is, you know, did I do something, you know? <laughs> and the Spirit of God says, shut that mess up. Where does something like that lead? What will happen is, you'll talk on the phone, they remain grouchy, you hang up, and you keep that thought, and you think it's you, and you'll walk the rest of the day, the night, you'll go to bed, you'll wake up the next morning, everything will be bad because you thought somebody didn't like something that you did, right? That's not who God says you are. You are who God says you are. Amen? Now, if you're taking notes, write these couple things down that I'm going to say. And, and, and we'll look at a couple of scriptures that back up what I'm fixing to say to you. What happens is that strongholds, which are ideas and thoughts and perceptions, is what strongholds are, that are not of God. Strongholds and limitations Low self-esteem, timidity, lack of confidence, all, all of those things begin to form a self-image on the inside of you of who you are. And, and from the examples of just living in life that, I, that we talked about a few minutes ago, the words of other people, the attitudes of other people, the control that other people tend to have over your life will form that self-image. And if that self-image is formed by anything other than the Word of God, it's not true. It's not true. What happens is, what has to happen is that you have to learn how to destroy those strongholds, those ideas, 
those perceptions. You have to learn to bring those things down and destroy them and replace them with what God says about you. Because you are who God says you are. Second Corinthians 10 and verse 4 backs this up. Second Corinthians 10 and 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. There, there, is, a, there, is, a, there is a realm of obedience in our lives that we have to step into and take ownership of that shuts down all the disobedient acts and actions and words and things that are not of God. It shuts, it shuts everything down when we obey the Word. Because God's Word, God's, the totality of God's Word, from, of His Word from Genesis to Revelation is his way of thinking and doing and operating. It's the way he thinks, it's the way he operates, it's the way he does. And you know, year, years ago I heard somebody preach from whatever, whatever book it is, I think in Samuel, preach a message about Elijah and him being fed by the ravens. And this guy said, this, this person said, if, if God has to, he'll feed you by the ravens like he did Elijah. Well, I was real young in the Lord, and I just picked up on that thought, I mean, that, that, that statement. And I used to say it all the time. Man, you know what? God will do everything he said he'll do, and if he has to feed you by the ravens, he'll feed you. How many know that when you got a pantry full of food and a checkbook full of money. It's easy to talk about God feeding you by the ravens if he had to. But when there's no money and there's no food and your light bill's about to be cut off and things aren't working, it's another thing to say that God will feed you. Hope I spit on you, I think. It's one thing to say that God will feed you by the ravens, but it's another thing to believe it. It's another thing to say that and another thing to have it formed on the inside that if God said he'll do it, he'll do it. Now listen to me, I am, I'm, I'm going to make this personal now, I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. All things. I've been saying that probably every day for 35 plus years. Somewhere down there I found out that was one of my favorite scriptures and probably I have declared that at least one time every day for 35 years, probably. 
Maybe I missed a day. But today, when I say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, I've taken ownership of that and I believe it inside of me. Not just up here, but I'm I'm telling you, I believe it on the inside of me. So when something that I face, something that's happening in my life and it looks like I can't do this, it's a done thing. Because it's been formed on the inside of me. I mean, you, you can put scriptures like that up all over your mirror where you can't even see through the mirror. But if it's not something that you believe on the inside, it won't work for you when you need it. If it's not something that you've meditated and spent time on and spent time dealing with on the inside of you and, and forming it on the inside and you taking true ownership of it, then it won't work for you. Because things aren't going to work for us just because we say them. They're going to work for us because we believe it. Amen? So we have to constantly be bringing every thought captive. But if somebody tells you that you have to do that, and you don't really believe that, if somebody tells you that you have to do it, but you don't believe that, you're not going to do it. You've got to believe that it's true. I am who God says I am, but who God says I am and what God says is mine will only be mine if I believe it. God said it and it's true and it's for every human being that's ever walked on planet earth and that ever will. But it won't work for just anybody. It works for those who have allowed it to be formed on the inside. And that means bringing every stronghold, every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, bringing every thought that goes contrary to what Jesus says is true, bringing all those thoughts into a place where what God says is more real than the way things look. And it's something that you and I have to make a part of our life. We were formed in the image of God. We were created in in His image, and then we were recreated and formed into His image to do good things. And the good things that we were created to do can only be done through the revelation of His Word. And I'm going to show you in a few verses of Scripture in just a second. So, with all that, think about this. Luke chapter 10 And verse 19, another one of my favorite passages, Luke 6 and verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Behold, God gave Bert Wimberly authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means. There's no means of any, any open door, anything that can affect me 
and stop me and hurt me and defeat me if I know I have that authority. I have to know that that authority is mine. I have to know that the authority is mine when? Always. Not just when things are good, not just when things are bad. I need to know it all the time, right? But when things are difficult and I'm in a pinch and I don't know what to do in the natural, I've got to know it ahead of time that I've been given that authority. And when it doesn't feel right, and it seems like I can't put another foot in front of the, of the next foot, it seems like healing is not manifesting. It seems like there's no blessing and prosperity coming my way. It seems like that God forgot who I was. It's in those times, listen to me, it's in the times when you need a breakthrough that you find out what's really inside of you. In the times when you really need something to manifest, you need a release, you need a breakthrough, when it seems like God forgot about you and, 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 it, and things seem to not be making any sense, it's in that moment that the Word of God wants to break out of you and do what it was created to do. Now look at this verse. I'm going to read this out of two different translations. First out of the New King James. And it's 2 Corinthians 13 and verse... Uh, what is it? 2 Corinthians... Oh, verse 5. I uh, know, 13 and 5. <clears throat> I'm going to read this out of, the, out of the New King James first. So, so watch this. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do not... Do you not know yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified, but I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. Now look at this in the, in the, in the message translation. Test yourselves to make sure that you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need, you need, listen to me, you, say me, say I need. I'm telling you today, you need firsthand evidence, not just merely hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. I hope the test won't show that we have failed, but if it comes to that, we'd rather, we'd, we'd rather the test show our failure than yours.
test yourself. In other words, prove what's on the inside of you. When you get in a difficult position and a difficult place, what profit is it if we just turn and give in to our emotions and the way we feel? What's that going to profit us? We're not going to know how much the Word will work if we don't just do it in the moment. If you're in a financial crunch in your life, and you've heard things taught from the Word, and you've, you've you've said you believe those, but then you get in a tight place, and you don't know what to do, and you don't know how you're going to get out of that tight place, but yet there's instruction from the Word about what to do, what will happen if you do it in those moments? Because you can think that the ravens will feed you, that God will send ravens to bring you a Big Mac if you needed it. But when there isn't a Big Mac and you don't know when the next one's coming and there's not money and it seems like things aren't going to happen, it's in that moment that you begin to find out what is in you. And if there's not enough in you, you still win if you keep pressing in. If there's not enough there, see, see, the great thing is that, oh man, there wasn't enough in me, I, I'm defeated, I'm, I, my head's going to be cut off. No. If there wasn't enough there, keep putting it in. Keep, keep speaking the word. Keep meditating and listening to God. Spend time listening to the word preached and, and, and meditation on the word because it will see you through situations that you never thought you could get through. And, and it's, it's, it's not until we find ourselves and everybody's found themselves there, or if you've never to this point, you will one day, you will find yourself in a place where in the natural there may not be an answer for what it is that you need, but God. Right? And God is great, but just God himself isn't enough for your situation if you don't believe through his word that he'll do what he said. Because that's where we win. And that's where we overcome. And that's where we learn to press into God and make God's ways of doing and thinking and and his ways of operation be a part of our life instead of the old ways we got to bring those thoughts into captivity and replace those thoughts with new thoughts about who we are and who he is and who I am in him so that I begin to believe who he says I am instead of the lies of the past. Because I tell you, the lies of the past will take you down, right? We're not, we're not going down, we're going over. Can you say amen to that? Huh? This is a year of promises fulfilled. Promotions being granted and increase coming to you more and more and more and more and more. And, 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 and that's not just something that is some, you know, it's not just some statement trying to stir us up emotionally. It's a statement of truth because we know it's right in God's word. Psalm 115 says that he will increase us more and more and our children more and more. He'll increase us more and more and more. You know who he's talking about in Psalm 115? Those who know their rights. Those who know who they are in him. 
those who have experienced that in him. Last week, I told you that there are three things that form that self-image on the inside. Number one, the past, and we talked about that last week. Number two, the future. What forms self-image is the past, and we talked in detail about we got to forget the past. Paul said, one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, pressing forward. Knowing today, right now, today, old things are passed away and everything is brand new right now. What can I press into right now that's going to begin to change my future? Because if I let things today, if I let things that I'm doing today be affected by what happened yesterday, I'll tell you what, my tomorrows are going to be my yesterdays. Nothing's going to change. Things aren't going to get better. Your financial, physical, mental, emotional state and situation. And, and then what will happen is you find yourself in life blaming everybody else, taking the, taking the offenses of other people, blaming people for problems and issues instead of being able to press into God and love people and love God and allow your life to disciple the lives of other people and allow their lives to be changed. That's what we were put here for. We weren't put here for a career. First and foremost, we were put here to make disciples, every single one of us. And not just one individual person, we were created to make disciples of the nations. You and I were created to disciple the nations, not just one person at a time. Yeah, it's one person at a time. If there's 60 or 70 people sitting here tonight, that's 60 or 70 at a time. One person at a time. That's discipling the nations. God created us to disciple the nations. And along the way, the careers and the things that we do is to put us in front of other people. That's why we're here, right? Well, the past can tell you, no, you know, you got to do this and you got to make sure everything's right and all your ducks are in a row. And, you know, the deal about serving God is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has a nine millimeter, and he's always popping your ducks. <laughs> he's always blowing your ducks out of the water, because he'll always expect something else out of you. See, when I think I've got it all just right, okay, that looks good, but now I want you to do this. Oh, but I can't do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to do that. That's what we're going to do. This, I, I need you. God needs me. Oh, yeah, he needs you. He needs us. And he needs us to obey him. He needs us to be able to hear him and obey him and do what he wants because he wants people free. And he wants people discipled. You know how you get disciple? Disciple. Man, be here next Sunday. What Sunday? This Sunday. Yeah. This Sunday, 26th. Be here this Sunday morning and night. We're going to talk about vision. And we're going to talk about discipleship and what the picture of that looks like in this coming year. Because, anyway... I won't talk about that. Right? We're talking about future. Right? What, what, tries to, what tries to create and form our self-image in a negative way is the fear of the future, fear of failure, um, lack of vision. And what, what, is all, what do those things do? They all want to paralyze the way we see what, who we are in God wants to paralyze and shut down my vision of who God says I am. 
Look at this verse, Proverbs 29, 18. What time is it? Oh, yeah. Proverbs 29 and 18. New King James. 20. That's not Proverbs. You got it? Yes. <clears throat> Where there is no revelation. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Okay, now just, just remember what I'm going to say to you tonight, because this will help a lot of you. When you hear me tonight preach the Word of God, and you write scriptures down, and you go and look at the scriptures, and, and somebody tell me what the title of my message is tonight. You are who God says you are. That's what we're talking about tonight. And we're driving that point home, okay? So when you leave here, I've given you some information that you won't get just anywhere. You won't get this information just anywhere, right? So it's information. It's knowledge, okay? But it doesn't stop just with knowledge. The Holy Spirit takes the knowledge you heard, and from that knowledge, the Holy Spirit if you'll allow him to, as you study the word, he will extract from the knowledge the wisdom and the understanding and the revelation from that knowledge that you need to make it a part of your life. And only the Holy Spirit can do that. He's the true teacher. I'm teaching the word tonight. I'm delivering a message to you tonight that's creating knowledge, but it can't just stop there. I don't have the ability to make the knowledge become revelation to you. Only the Holy Spirit can. See? And where there is no revelation, where it stops with just knowledge, what happens is people get discouraged. They get tired. They get frustrated. Well, it hadn't worked for me. Or this hadn't worked. And they get, start looking at the things in the natural. And then difficult times come, and you start judging your condition in the moment as is, that is the way it's going to be in the future. See, But when you are allowing revelation to be a part of you, in fact, the last part of that, but happy is he who keeps the law, who stays with the word, allows it to become revelation, it becomes a part of him, and then it directs his future. Where there is no revelation, what will happen is you will cast off the restraints. You know what that says to me? At least one of the things that it says to me? You will get discouraged listening to the word because the word brings restraint and you'll get frustrated with just listening to the word thinking that that's not going to work for me because it's all stopped here it's like a big cork in your head and it's all stopped right up here and ah you're walking around like a tin with a 10 gallon head and it's just joshing around up here, and you got all this knowledge up here, and it's not going down inside of you. Because if it doesn't get in us and become a part of us where we can take ownership of it, then it won't work for us in difficult times. Amen? That's why the scripture we just read, go back and read that verse in 2 Corinthians 13:5. You've got to test yourself. You've got to pay attention to the things you don't pass. You've got to pay attention. 
Instead of just looking at the paper, oh, man, I got a D. <laughs> no, look at it. You need to do some work. You need to work on this thing. You need, to, you need to test yourself and keep testing yourself and keep being aware of where you're failing and get, don't let that continue to happen and continue to allow who God says you are and what you can do to, be, to, be, to come alive and you press into those times when it appears like you failed. Anybody ever felt like you failed? Come on, everybody raise your hand. Everybody in here has. Everybody has failed, and there's times when you think you failed when you really didn't fail, but the enemy told you you failed, and then you just carried that, and you're still carrying it and carrying it like a ball and chain. And God wants your mind totally set free and delivered of that. Can you say amen to that? Now, I'm going to end with this. The third thing that creates self-image is comparing where we compare with one another. See, when you compare yourself to other people, then there's somebody better than you and there's somebody that's worse than you. Right? Every time you compare, you're either comparing yourself to somebody that's better or somebody that's worse. Very rarely do we compare ourselves to people that are just like us. Why, why compare? Because we just do the same thing. Well, at least I'm not that bad. <laughs> What's that? Pride. Man, you'll, you'll begin to be worse than that person and still not think you are. But what about the guy or the person that is better than you are or you think they're better because of whatever reason? See, where'd you get that mess from? Back here. Hmm? See, where there's no revelation that's renewing our mind, we keep thinking back here and meditating back here instead of meditating on what's right now and what is God saying right now and what is his word saying to me. And you know what? I keep struggling. God, I'm struggling with this thought, but I'm going to press through right now and I'm going to do the word and I'm not going to give place and I'm going to allow my actions to prove I'm not going to be moved by this situation. And that's what the Holy Spirit will give you in these tough and difficult times when you face times and situations and find yourself in situations where really it's time for you to grow out of it and excel through that situation instead of letting it get the best of you. God wants you to excel through tough times. Because, man, when we can do it through tough times, man, what happens is there's no more tough times. The Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 5, he said, we glory in tribulation. Say what? He said, we glory in tribulation, knowing, knowing. We glory in, in difficult times, knowing. <laughs> what does that scripture say? <laughs> we got to know it, uh, right? But knowing that perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope never disappoints hmm? but you got to be convinced so that when those kind of things happen they don't get the best of you 
you walk out of the situation just a shining, having such hope and faith that God will do what God said he will do. And if he did it this time, he's going to do it next time. He's going to do it the next time, even when it looks like it's not happening. And even when it didn't work, even when you prayed for somebody and they died. Even when you stood for someone's life and they didn't make it. Even, even when there was a financial crunch and it appears that God didn't come through in your life. No, I'm going to stay with the word. God is true and every man is a liar. Every circumstance is a liar. God will see me through this thing no matter how I feel, no matter what the circumstances are. God hadn't forgotten my name and I'm going to press into this. And every time I've ever pressed in, in difficult times, you know whose voice I hear? His. Woo! He didn't forsake me. I just thought he did because I was listening to all these other voices. Hmm? Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Every single time. Right? Every single time. What time is it? Ooh. All right, let me, let me finish with this verse. Let's put it on the screen. Psalm 139, verse 16, and I'm done. New Living Translation, if you can put that up there. New Living. New Living. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. <laughs> I mean, that absolutely makes no sense to me. But let God be true, and every thought that doesn't make sense be a lie. Lord, you saw me before I was born. What? Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Before a single day. Before I was even thought about. My life was laid out. You don't think? Huh? We, we don't think? Come on. Listen, every time you see a situation that is unexplainable, don't worry about it. Because if you could explain it, you would have. I don't need to have answers for every reason, everything. Guy came and preached in my church years ago, told this story. He said he was preaching in this church and this woman comes screaming down the aisle. She had a kid in her hand. She comes running up, and the kid's finger was, the end of his finger had been cut off. And they had taken it and stuck it back on and, and wanted the preacher to pray over it. So they did, and they wrapped it up and took the little kid to the hospital and saved the end of his finger. And Some woman came up to him afterwards and said, said Pastor Hugh, why did, why did, why did that happen? Why did God allow that to happen? She, he said, God didn't allow it. The kid stuck his hand in the fan. 
and the finger got cut off. <laughs> Hello. I mean, why does everything have to be so spiritually understood? No. Finger in fan gets cut off. <laughs> huh? And, and had nothing to do with God. Had to do with kid once his finger where that big fan is going like this. And, and I'd have to say, stupid people of the church for putting a metal fan in a nursery. Anyway, we won't go there. Right? So when you see things that don't make sense, it doesn't matter. God's word is true. You keep pressing in. You keep staying with the word of God. You continue to meditate on the word of God. And it will see you through that situation to the next situation. And you will always win. Always, always, if you stay with God. Can you say amen tonight? Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you that oh, you formed us, you made us, you created and recreated us, you molded us in your image and in your likeness. Through your son Jesus, you put your spirit inside of us. As we've accepted what Jesus did, and we were born again, that born again state has put us where we originally were, in the garden, in our connection with you, being created by you. And Lord, today and in the days ahead, when things don't make sense, when we find ourselves in difficult situations we're going to test ourselves to see if we're in faith if we're if we're doing your work and if we're not we'll judge ourselves and keep on and we'll keep on keeping on and we'll keep standing and we'll keep pressing past and when it comes to the place where we need to make a change we'll make the change we'll make the change and as we make the changes we get on the receiving end of all that you have. And I thank you, Lord, that this year, 2014, is truly a year of promises fulfilled, promotions being granted, an increase like your people have never seen before. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Two things. If you've been in the kingdom for 45 years, or you've been in the kingdom of God for one year, The reward can be the same because God's no respecter of person or how long you've been around. And what you think maybe didn't happen for the next person can happen for you if you stay in the things of God. And here's the second thing. You can change what needs to be changed in you like that. If you believe who you are in Him, and you believe the power that you have to make changes, you can change like that. You can change a lifetime of self-centeredness by a choice through the power of God. What's impossible with men, you know that's impossible with men. It's possible with God. 
And you know why it's just possible with God? It's already set up to be able to do that. But the possibility rests with you. I say yes. I'm changing. I'm changing every day, all the time, every time I need to make a change, just like that. Change. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm finished with that. Old things are passed away, and behold, everything is brand new. We've got every scripture we need to answer everything we face. No, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not acting that way anymore. I'm not going to be rude like that anymore. I'm not going to have that kind of attitude. and I'm not going to give those facial expressions anymore. I'm stopping. No more. That quick. Where you haven't loved, you can start loving tonight. That ain't rocket science. It's a choice. Amen? Bless you. We love you. Have a great week. See you Sunday.